Psalm 46. Um, Psalm 46, we, we prayed through this. Uh, this is one of our psalms, uh, and I just was feeling this might be a, a good, um, good thing to... Uh, thank you, sir. Um, that to, to, to recognize how God is our refuge and our fortress. He's our strength. Amen. And maybe even understand a little bit more what, what that means. Uh, like, this is the one that says, be still and know that I am God. Uh, understand, still is a verb. To be still is a verb. Um, when, when God says to be still, he doesn't mean sit down and wait for me to do something. Um, but, um, anyways, before we go any farther, why don't you stand up real quick. We're going to let, let some blood flow, and then we're going to pray. And I'm going to uh, be, be concise here. All right? Everybody said a amen to that, right? So, God, we, we're, we're here. We want to hear from you, God. I pray for the, just the, the stirring, even the unction of your Holy Spirit in our hearts to make your word come alive to us. Uh, that we would go out here walking in the truth that you have given to us. Um, and in that we will find that strength and that, um, and that's your provision along the way. And so as we continue, we, we ask again, Father, let it rain. Let it rain. Let the winds shift to push this fire against itself. And have, your, have mercy upon our neighbors in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. You can be seated. So let's just go through this quick. Psalm 46. Um, op- open your Bible to that if you haven't already. Um, and I've talked about reading the Bible. Sometimes uh, you, we read it devotionally, and I think that's, that's a regular practice where you're just reading. You're not trying to dig deep into it. You know, you're just reading, getting the story, and l- l- kind of let the Lord just speak to you in kind of a... Uh, a nice setting and, and those kind of things. There's other times where uh, we need to get in the Word to actually study, where instead of trying to, to cover a lot of territory, we're trying to, we find a place that is stirring our hearts and, we're, and then we, we park there and dig down and say, God, what are you trying to tell me? What does this mean? Um, and uh, I don't know about you, but anytime I've, I've had to do that, whether it's assignment or not, you find a scripture that's really kind of, oh, this, this is confusing, and you begin to dig in. And then what happens is when you discover it, it becomes your treasure. And there's something different than just having read somebody somebody's word and he already found it. But when you dig in and find it. So some resources to do that... Um, is to have a number of different Bible translations, reliable ones, of course. Um, I would stay away from the message unless you just want to have some light little reading. But to me, that's, uh, yeah, I just, I can't handle that one. Um, but there's the, the New American Standard, of course, the NIV. I, I prefer the, 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 the 84 version. Um, you have the New King James, the King James, you've got... Um, the English Standard Version, which is a little bit newer translation, but a very, very good one. Um, and there, there would be others as well. Uh, one I like is the Amplified. Have you ever, ever read the Amplified? Right? Amplified's not a good devotional Bible because it's all these expl- you know, it's definitions of words. But, but um, so you have your your Bible open into Psalm forty six. I've I've given it the um, Amplified version up up here. 
because there's some things that I like about how it, how it writes, reads. Uh, so we're going to go through the whole psalm. I'm going to park it a little bit at the beginning, and then we'll finish off the rest uh, in less time. But Psalm 46, verse 1 in, in the uh, Amplified says, To the chief musician, a psalm of the sons of Korah, that's significant right there, set to soprano voices. What's the word you got there? To, uh, yeah, alamoth or something like that, right? It actually means, uh, it mean, literally that, soprano voices. You know, it's, in other words, it actually literally means ladies. You know, so the lady, the high, the high voice. So, so lady, this is the one, this is for you ladies. This is, you sing this one. And, um, I don't know what significant it is. I just thought it was kind of interesting. It says, God is our refuge and strength. He's mighty and in, impenetrable. Right? A very present and well-proved help in trouble. Can somebody say amen to that? But our God is, and, and it's in the, the times where we're, where we're walking through difficult, difficult issues and, and challenges where we, we pull this up and say, my God is a refuge and a strength. He is mighty and impenetrable. He is my very present and well-proved help in trouble. And he, he was then true for then, and he is true uh, for that now. I want to look at the word refuge. Um, I think I could do a whole sermon on that one word as more I looked at it. Um, if you look at that word, it means a number of things, refuge, shelter, and stuff, but it can literally mean a place of trust. The God is our place of trust, and so um, uh, that, that shelter. And that, so how is it lived out? Right, God's my refuge. Well, how, how is that... How is he a place of trust? How does he become a shelter? Um, I mean, I can't like, he doesn't have, I go, don't go to his address and go into his, you know, his fortress. How I do that? So um, I believe it's it, that it's when we follow and trust God in his word. We put our confidence that what he said, he means. And so the next steps I take are going to be consistent with what he said relevant to what I need to do. His promises. He promised me this. Well, he promised if I will, he will, then I'm going to stand on that promise. I'm going to, and then he promises to do this if I stand and, and walk in faith to him. Um, uh, that I believe that... Doing his ways, that is what becomes the refuge. And let me explain that to you. Like, remember what, what in Genesis chapter 1, as, as God created everything, at, after he finished the day's work, he said that he looked at everything and he said it was good. Right. And each time. Um, in American, in English, the word good is, is a lesser word than great or amazing. That's the problem with with translation, that word good, when God said good, that was great, perfect, just like it should be. No, nothing, nothing better. Remember what, what Jesus said? Um, uh, someone came up to him and he said, hey, good teacher, blah, blah, blah. And, and Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good but God. Think about that. We throw the word good around. God has, the kingdom of heaven has a whole different definition for that word good. And so when God looked at it, he said it was good. You can't, in other words, you can't 
improve on it. Can, can I, can I um, you know, those who want to try to prove evolution, for example. You ever heard about the fruit fly thing? Because they, all right, so they said uh, evolution, the, the, a great evolutionist, I think, taught, I don't know if in Harvard or Yale, uh, probably about 10 years ago now, finally said, I'm done with this evolution thing. He's not a Christian. He said, it's not that it's lacking in evidence, that there's no evidence. And this is the guy who's been studying it. You know, he's got a big PhD, and he's, got, he's dying by degrees. You know, is that kind of a guy. And, um, but, for example, the fruit fly. That was all, all right. By mutation, right? You got this this blob crawled up on the seashore where it came from we can't really explain but anyways and it had a mutation and also started growing legs you know and it had a mutation and had eyeballs you know you know all all these kind of things so what they did is they they took fruit flies and they caused some kind of genetic mutation somehow and and uh of all different kinds they had the the original ones were here and then they then they bred ones with these mutations okay and there was never a positive effect. Every single mutation was negative. And instead of saying, we, this, this is something we didn't expect, maybe there's a great designer, they simply said, oh, that just means fruit flies have evolved as far as they can. <laughs> no, God made everything good. You can't improve on it. And when you try to interfere with it, you get problems. And see, this is where the refuge is. The refuge from potential problems is you stay in the good that God has said is. And you don't change it. When you change it, you get outside and you are no longer have a shelter and you are exposed. For example, um, I mean, look at another sense of the sense of the purpose of what's the purpose of the law? To ruin your fun? You know? To keep me from having fun? No. The, the, God's laws are actually to make sure you have a good life. That you will not engage in stuff that's going to bring harm and regret and shame or, or hurt to you and your family, those kind of things. I mean, go down the, the, this road and ignore, you know, do, do, I don't have to get all the, all the examples. You know what I'm talking about. And so by... By following God's commands, His principles, and His promises, you are in... God becomes your refuge. His word becomes your refuge. Walking in His promises becomes your refuge. And you are sheltered from needless regret and shame and harm and hurt. I am thankful that that I became a Christian at 14. I, I, so I don't know why, you know. This numbskull figured something out. I needed God. and But... But because of that, my teen years were wonderful. Not because I'm wonderful, but because I found God and I followed His ways. And His ways were a shelter for me from walking in all the shame and the hurt and loss that so many others, I could summon in my family. I know you all know people like that. Maybe, maybe you have, you came to life, came to Christ later in life. You wonder what I'm, you know what, you know what I'm saying. You understand. Let's just talk about marriage. Let's just go right after it, right? God created marriage. The, the oldest institution on the face of the earth. Relationship of one man and one woman who then produced children. 
And I wrote uh, a few months ago back in the South Stephen County Times, uh, the one entitled, Can We Talk? Um, and it's about the whole thing that um, as much as people want to accept and, and think that, that homosexuality of all the different, the alphabet community, I don't, I'm not trying to be, be insulting. Um, it's just easier to say it that way, all right? Every one of those is saying, we know better than God. My sexual desires go outside of the parameters that God has designed. And because I have those feelings, that's me. And how many know that doesn't work too well? It's statistically proved. You don't need the Bible to know that the greatest chance for children to, to, to succeed in life, now, God is able to do it, uh, all kinds of things, but the greatest chance, the, the, the fewer, the lowest chance of child, children getting into drugs and crime and, and unwed pregnancy and these kind of things is found when they're raised in a home with a mom and a dad. In fact, and then it, that increases even more when they go to church. Do you know your life expectancy extends when you go to church? Did you know that? Just, so just think, you just, you, just added a, you just added a few more days. You're just being here today. I just know you did. <laughs> but by far, there, there, there's no comparison. Um, uh, children... Um, and quite frankly, they don't have to be your biological parents necessarily. Um, I wasn't raised by my biological dad, my biological mom, yes, but I had a stepdad. My mom remarried. She, when I was like two or three, she had to divorce him because he was beating her up. So um, um, I don't remember any of that. My brother does some. but uh, And then about a year and a half later, married uh, Bob White and uh, later adopted my brother and I because my, my biological dad didn't really care <laughs> and um, and so you don't have to have the biological the biology thing is not so important as as the the role that you step in and, and as a parent lives their life to provide for their children to provide for the opportunity for their education for their safety for their health amen for shelter and food those kinds of things and then in the, in the husband and wife relationship likewise where the husband recognizes he's there to, to provide and protect and 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 um and the wife is there in, in the area of nurturing and supporting and, and also in provision as well and raising the children and and there's a marvelous good um pattern that God has given to us uh, in marriage. And uh, people can shout me down all they want, but you, can't, you cannot deny the reality of, 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 uh, of generations of, 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 um, of data that just shows that, that you can improve on God's, on God's way. You know, they, in the last two decades, uh, marriage, uh, traditional marriage, husband, male, female, uh, that's uh, the length of marriage has really been cut down in the last, in the last two decades, they say. Uh, one, report, one report said about seven years uh, is about how long they last. Um, just think about how, how far we've gone away from God as a nation in the last two decades. Right? And also to prove that gay marriage is, is, not, is not the answer, 
the average length of a gay marriage is two and a half years. And that is a statistic from a gay news website. Okay, that's, that's not some Christian guy, you know, trying to go after gay people. That's, that's from them. Um, you can't, and, and on top of that, it's a suicide relationship in the sense for a generation because there's no life. You can't produce life. There's nothing natural. There's nothing natural about it. nothing consistent. And whenever we, we try to go outside of that, we, we bring harm. Um, just think about uh, just even just the roles of, of men and women. When, when men take their masculine role in society, you, you, you're not harming women. You're actually letting women become the women God, the, the, the femininity that God has, has, has created them to, to walk in. There are men out there who, who are so consumed with the self, they dominate everybody. That's not masculinity. That's, that's cowardice. That's, um, that's, a, that's childish. Um, but a real man, a real masculine man, takes responsibility for caring for his family, for making sure that his wife is, has everything that she needs and, and is, is supporting her. And the wife then recognizes her role in that marriage as a co-equal, not, not some subservient little servant to her husband, keep him happy and, and, and change the diapers and keep her you know, barefoot and wash the dishes. That's not marriage, Right? And Paul even talks about that, that, that husband and wife, they are co-heirs together with Christ. We, but we have a different role. But you, we fulfill each role, and that actually amplifies the other ones and able to, to, fill, to come to their fullness. And when children see mom and dad loving each other, and, and, and dad looking like a man, and mom looking like a woman, and, 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 and taking that proper position and leading them to look, the kids have a security about who they are because they're recognized that there's a God who loves me and there's a mom and dad who love me and that they are more secure in, in themselves. And, and why? Because God's pattern is good and it becomes a refuge when we walk in it. When we step outside of it, we are no longer under the shelter of the promise of God to, to, to lead us and we expose ourselves to all kinds of things of this world. And our own sinful nature. We recognize we need to be led by our faith, not by our feelings. You know, um, what the typical Disney line, follow your heart or something like that. (laughs) Please don't. We've got all kinds of debris out there of, of lives who followed their heart. Followed their feelings, their desires. And this, this is the, I've already mentioned, but that when we're led by faith, we walk by faith and not by sight or by feelings, that becomes a refuge for you. Because then you choose not to step into the, the thing that your feelings want you to do, because you say, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God. I'm going to follow him, whatever that might be. It could gender the same-sex attraction, all these things. But that it could also be things like greed. You just really just you've got to have that and recognizing that that's not of God. Um, uh, revenge and hatred towards somebody. Maybe you were really were really wrongly treated, and you are right to be upset about that, but that revenge is going to eat you up, and it takes you out of that place of refuge and shelter by when God says, hey, it's my, t- I'm the one who will take revenge. Right? 
You need to forgive people if you want me to forgive you. That's pretty serious. And, and so when we do that, when we walk in that way, we learn to forgive others. How about that? Is that, is that easy to do? I've had no problem with that, you know. Yeah, no problem. Except that person. <laughs> or that, you know. But even that, what, what happened? When you learn to forgive people as you've been forgiven, and that's, that's the key, right? We need to recognize how has, how has I, have I been forgiven? What all has God forgiven me of? Oh my goodness, everything. What have I been saved to, saved out of and saved into? He forgave a lot. And that person did this. God forgave this for me. And I better be able to forgive that for them. And what happens? It becomes a refuge for your heart. Guess what? You can actually start walking in a little bit of freedom. You begin to know what it like. Okay, well, yeah, they did. I'll never forget it. And it does kind of hurt. But you know what? I, I'm moving on. And you begin to walk in, 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 in a whole new way that you would otherwise, that would tear you down make you bitter and angry and expose you again to the things that God wants to shelter you from. Even the area of just our resources, being a, a proper steward, how, how, how we use our resources. Um, do we use them to responsibly to, to meet our daily needs and obligations and we, we give God his, his tithe and his offerings and those things that we give him a heart? Um, you know how 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 we how we do that we following god's plan a, a good steward becomes a refuge and a shelter to us doesn't it and um and not to do so exposes us um in that the good as our refuge and our strength that as we do that we are strengthened aren't we as we we walk in his ways um and we have the security that's mighty and impenetrable. A very present and well-proved help in trouble. That God is not merely a help, but he's with us. Amen? That he is with us. That as we walk with him, he's with us. I don't, I'm not going to even try to go through this psalm because we're... I, 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 like I said, I, I think... I, I just want to drive home this, this thing about about the, what it looks like to be a refuge. And then, just real quickly, and I, I do mean that, um, verse 2 and four, two and 3 says, Therefore we will not fear. And this is, this is the key, that, that we will not fear. There's, there, and there's two elements about fear. It says, We will not fear, though the earth should change, and though the mountains be shaken and slip into the heart of the seas. There's two things going on here. So, and the second part, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its roaring and sila, which probably means like to pause and think about this. But it says, we will not fear because on these two situations. The first one is speaking about how the earth should change. I chose the Amplified because... Uh, because it uses a, a more direct word that that this is talking about things really change just like 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 parts around Silver Lake have completely changed you know um, and, and up north but how about Maui 
the historic kind of, of um, Lahaina, yes, thanks, Lahaina. Um, I mean, this is toast, and I don't know how the boats out in the water, they all burn too, which is really concerning. And there's a lot of concerning things there going on. Um, we don't need to go there right now, but the point is, Talk about change. Anytime that there's been places where a great hurricane or tornadoes rip through uh, par- parts of the Midwest, I mean, just, and just torch the place, all, everything's gone. The landmarks are gone. The, the, the buildings, the historic, all the things that, that identified that place as home are completely gone. It's, it's like, it's like, uh, the whole, the, the earth has changed. Your world has changed. And the mountains around you might have just slipped, might as well have just slipped into the sea and been swallowed by the, the waves. It's so unsettling. It's so, I mean, everything's, I mean, I, you, you see some of these pictures. I remember, remember the Paradise Fire, uh, down in California. Um, talk about what, um, total devastation that the, the fire raced through at some like 70 miles an hour. Uh, through this the town of Paradise, where our, my friend Larry Lane used to live, and um, destroyed hundreds and hundreds of homes in no time at all, uh, and just changed it. But we we will not fear. Why? Because God is our refuge. What does that mean? I'm walking according to His way. I'm following. I'm trusting in who He is. And so I don't go into fear because I'm not looking at the problem. I'm looking at the the problem solver. Amen. The one who is with me. He is my ever-present and well-proven help in times of trouble. That's the first one. The second one is just those waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its roaring. This is a different thing. This isn't devastation. This is the waters many times refer to peoples. It's a, like a symbol of, of the peoples. Where, where, where the peoples of the earth are rising up and, and roar, roar and foam is like boasting of their power. You know, you ever see the, the big mighty waves of the ocean and they're just crashing, you know, like, whoa, that's pretty awesome, you know. And so it, it would reflect that just the peoples of the world uh, in their own ways are, are, are uh, roaring and foaming their ways and you better be afraid of us because we're, we're, we're going we're gonna, to... Um, have our way. You better follow our way. You better comply, comply, comply. You know, you Christian. And the mountains tremble uh, at its uh, uh, roaring, meaning that, that here in, in another translation, the roaring, talk about proud and boastful. That's what the word means there, the roaring. As the mountains would, would represent governments, um, uh, that they, the, the, the nations of the world rising up, you know, we, we're the mighty ones, you know, and the, the, uh, um, not the godly nations as well. And, and these kind of things. And we're, aren't we seeing this kind of stuff happening around us? There is, I tell you, I don't know if, if you watch, but the, there is a, the, these, these organizations, these three letter international organizations that somehow think they rule the world because they put world at the beginning of their name, and they don't. They're not elected to anything. And yet, there's so many people just running to them, starting to bow, including our own president, wanting to bow in front of them and surrender our sovereignty as a nation to them. They're trying to roar, we're the ones. But God is... Um, the one we are to trust. And I, um, boy, I, I just don't have time. Um, 
Let me just close with this. Let's go to verse... Verse 10. Be still and know, recognize, understand that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That be still means to cease striving, contending uh, for things. You, you're all this, this fretting about what's happening. He says, I want you to calm down. Don't be, there's a difference between fretting and being concerned. Amen? <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> that he says that, that what should characterize us as the people of God is that we do not strive and and are, are, we're not overwhelmed by, by things. We are overwhelmed by, that, by the greatness of our God, like we were saying. I specifically chose those songs. Probably, actually, I didn't know what I was going to preach on when I chose those songs. So, um, but, but, but this is what, 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 what um, needs to overtake us, that, um, that uh, be still know that he is God and, and recognize, understand. So when the situation comes, when, when things come up, re- recall to your mind that he's God and you're not. Amen? So we look stuff around us. You, you listen to, to the news if you, can, if you can handle it. You see what's happening. I recognize he's God, I'm not, nor, nor are they. There are those who want to think that they're God. I think that somehow they can rewrite stuff. They can... They can uh, He's God and they are not. And we will remember and, 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 and hold on to that. To understand. I understand what that means. I understand the times. I understand who my God is and he wins. Amen? But look at the second half of that verse. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That Listen, as much as uh, Klaus Schwab thinks that he... he, he He's in charge, or or the the who guy, or um, anybody else. Any of these ones who who, who uh, Bill Gates wants to vaccinate all of your babies um, because they want to help you, and all these things. They want they want to to to, uh, to change our society. They want to change our economy. They want to they want to uh, get rid of everything that 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 actually works and make give you things that are too expensive that you can't afford and won't work. And on and on we go. They want to, to silence Christianity. There was a uh, the um, to close with this. Um, I think it was a member of the UN. Or uh, maybe the who or something, but talking about this this great reset, this resetting the world um, into a worldwide socialist type thing. He uh, ta- speaking specifically about about LGBTQ issues. He says there's nothing inconsistent with uh, faith and homosexuality. Um, you just have to learn to accept it. And requiring that Christians need to change your thinking about those things 
And once you do, then you'll be fine. But if you don't, you won't. Be still and know, remember, recognize, and understand that I am God. Secondly, I am going to be exalted among the nations. They will not be exalted above me. I will be exalted above them and above the earth. And so I will put all my money, put all my eggs in his basket. Amen? And the one who will stand on that last day and everyone, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All the ones who, the the God-haters and all the the dictators, all those people who thought they were powerful, they will all be on their knees declaring that Jesus is Lord. So I choose to do that now. How about you? I'm going to live that way that he is God. I am not, nor are they. And they might think they've got power, but my, I recognize there's a story in, in Daniel about Nebuchadnezzar, and the, that king recognized that God sets up kings and he puts them down. He, he, he and there's, oh, like if we had more time in this one psalm, we could talk about that more, but we're not going to. Because, um, um, but this is, in verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold, our refuge, our, our, our high tower. He is with us. And his presence, hear this, understand. God's presence is a terror to our enemies, but safety to us. The devil does not fear nice people. He doesn't fear church people. He fears church people who have the presence of God and who have faith in the word and the promises of God. You don't have to be so big, mighty, you know, David or preacher in it. You just trust in him. That, that's why we're, we have these times of prayer. God, we need your presence. I need your presence. And we need to stand. And as we do that, God is going to do, do his work. Why? Because we're getting out of the way. We're telling him that he is God and God, we need you. Yeah, okay, why don't you, did I say stand? <laughs> Good. Well, let's, that's because we're, we're uh, let's stand. We're standing now and we're standing on your word. Amen. Come on, let's just thank him. Thank you for who he is. Romans 8.31, if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen? Amen. And I don't, if, if, if anybody hears today, you're facing a mountain, an army, or something bigger than you, I would, this would love a chance for us to just stand with you and just declare and pray with you. Just, uh, um, we want to do that. Anybody, you just like, you would like prayer this morning? Yep, I would. Yeah. Right, right. Come on, it's it's all right. Yeah, we yeah we need we need God to move. Right, right. Likewise, and if you're realizing that, that, that man, I I need to really surrender my life to this God. I just kind of been walking. I recognize I I need something. I, he needs all of me, and you're willing to say, God, you can have all of me. You just put your hand up and say, God, you can have all of me. You can have all of me. Amen. So let's just lift our hands and let's just let's do that right now. So, Father, we, we thank you 
You are refuge and our strength, a very present and well-proved strength, a help in time of trouble. We choose to remember and to understand that you are God and we are not. And that you're with us. And so, God, right now, in, in the name of Jesus, I just, uh, we just speak to that mountain in front of us. We speak to those, those fears that want to take a hold of us. We, want to, we, we just speak to those things and say, My God is greater than you. And I'm trusting you, God, to do that which only you can do. And I will be still in the sense that I will not strive against you. And I'm trusting you to do what only you can do. And I commit to you, God, to do what you are calling me to do. And I thank you. We trust you, God. God, you're, we, don't, we don't pray just to make ourselves feel good. We're, we're praying for answers. God, you're the God who breaks through. And Lord, for, for the others, that we would just say, Lord, just, Lord, you can have all of me. Take all of me. I am all yours today from this day forward. Be the Lord of all of my life, of all of me. And I give you praise and I give you thanks. <coughs> thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Just thank him. We thank him that he's more than enough. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, I pray, Father, for just the, the cementing of your promise and of your word in our hearts and our minds, Lord Jesus. As we step out this room and, and uh, out of this family room, we go to our, in our day, Lord, as we face the situations, I pray, Lord, that we'd face them in, in the understanding of who you are. And we always put, them in, put, put our life in the context of who you are and who we are, your children. And we thank you. And I pray your blessing in Jesus' name. Everybody said... Amen. God bless you.